Nobody in Memphis knew what I knew for a variety of reasons. Welcome to the Keith Easterwood Show. Keith is a nationally known basketball expert whose fingerprint is all over college and AAU basketball. And this show is where Keith will tell all the unfiltered craziness that he has witnessed through his years. GP, say a cuss word. I can, I can say motherfucker in front of a bitch, I guess. Nothing is off limits. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up. I'm attention deficit hyperactive disorder. That was too much shit for me to deal with, and I'm like, no. All right, Keith Easterwood with the Keith Easterwood Show, KeithEasterwood.com. Of course, if you've listened to me, you obviously know how to find me through the Apple Podcast and all that good stuff. A lot of stuff going on right now. The baseball playoffs, if you're a Cardinal fan, man, what joy was that? You've got the NBA about to tip off. You've got college basketball about to tip off. That's why we're talking to Steve Forbes today. You've got, obviously, a lot of stuff going on in the NFL. And I stay away from all that China stuff because I don't understand it. You know what my favorite part about this time of year is? Sweater weather. Leaves on the ground and threes from downtown, baby. That's right. For some, it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's ball season. Pro and college ball are tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action anywhere you live in the country and have a stake in the game with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little, which we all do, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big games, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet the season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win than us. The NBA is back and in action. It's time for you to turn your attention from carving pumpkins in the crazy year of basketball that we're going to have ahead of us. The offseason was especially eventful this year with all the trades, all the movement, all the recruiting. Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at mybookie.ag, where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. And so, today we've got Steve Forbes. He'll talk about being the headliner of the, the SoCon. And, you know, the last the last one was Manny Sanguin, which really excited me because I was just a baseball fan growing up and young and watching him glove and play and you know, obviously he was behind Johnny Bench during that time. He's the only guy to beat Johnny Bench out of the catcher all-star position in Major League Baseball in 17 years. So think about that. So, so Forrest jumps us and he'll talk about his players, his transfers, and so it's the neat stuff. And he talks basketball. So I just kind of back up. I try to shut up, let him talk, and it's good stuff. And I hope you enjoy it. Steve Forbes, how you doing, buddy? Well, Keith, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I I didn't realize. I I guess I did. I listened to the intro that you're a basketball expert, but I guess that's <laughs> what we would call you. Um, I asked you. If there is such a thing. <laughs> now you know what. And and I asked Gary Parish. I said, Gary, you you and people take offense to that. To be honest with you, some people do, and I'm like. Gary, why, why why you call me that? He said, because that's what I call you, so you are. So, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm a lifer like you. Um, if I could go back, I thought to Stan Jones of Florida State. I would have stayed at the church and coached 10-year-olds and other kids. I went on a run. I don't know, man. Unprecedented, like, five years, and we went, like, 301, one city championships. But the game changed. A lot of it changed when I went to middle school. 
became sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and then you know high school and, and things of that nature. So, so no, I'm not an expert. Um, do I know how to attack a zone? Yeah, and man to man and run a quick hitter, and but some of that, you know, has to be because I've been around to pick your brain and a lot, a lot of people's brain. And but ETSU, East Tennessee State University, is the preseason favorite yep. in the SoCon. Yeah, so so talk about that. What 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 is that? What is it like going to practice with your guys? Well, practice has been great, Keith, because we we have the most guys back. And going into my fifth year here now, this is the most players I've had returning. So, um, you know, I got my top six scores, seven of my top eight, and three all league players preseason. So, I mean, yeah, the practice has been really good, and and. Honestly, we're getting a little bored um, just because we really probably need to play somebody else. Well, and I'm not saying right. we're bored because we need, we're just tired of playing, I guess, each other. And yeah, I remember like now, you know, well, we had 10 extra practices and, you know, in the summer because we went to Europe, you know, and we were over there 10 Man, days. I, and, look, because of Twitter, I went with you. So <laughs> you and there's some staffs around the country that have been really good to me on Twitter. And wherever they go, they take me with them because of Twitter. And so I looked at it, and, um, man, them kids will never forget that trip. No, it was a lifetime experience, you know. And um, and really I crafted it more around the cultural and the educational opportunity more than the playing, even though I think it's important for, my, for our kids to go over there because the majority of them will end up living over there at some point in their career probably right. playing. But, you know, right. we went to Prague, landed in Prague, and drove to Munich, went through Salzburg, spent a day there, went into Vienna, and then finished in Budapest. And, yeah, it was a, a tremendous uh, experience. And, we, you know, we had a great group with us. We had over 50 people, and um, the players did an unbelievable job. We played well, but, you know, again, that's not – that really wasn't the intention of the deal. It was more – once we got there, was the just the opportunity and the bonding experience. You know, we uh, the value to me of going overseas playing wise is more the practices that you get, the ten extra practices you get before you go. And so, um, I thought we took full advantage of that. And I think that's probably why we're a little not uh, ready to do something different. You know, right now because we got a lot of things in that we don't normally have because we went to Europe. Yeah, the bonding, and I don't think people realize, and I always said this, there was something special about a 15-passenger van and everybody yeah. in the van. And you, you find out about personalities, and you find out about leadership, yeah. and, you, you know, and so you did that. So I, I have to ask you this because I have, I have an yeah. emotional investment in this because um, I coached the kid, Patrick Good. How's he doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, Pat's doing fine. He's he's uh, as you can imagine, he's very diligent in his in his re- rehab after his surgery in March. And really, truthfully, Pat played on one leg, one hip last year. I mean, he had a very devastating injury in like first of September of a year ago, but he couldn't really he couldn't sit out another year because he already had. And the doctors right. basically said, "Listen, you know, you can play." It's not going to make it any worse. It's just how can you manage the pain? And so, you know, Pat's a tough kid. We 
held him out of a lot of practices. He made 88 threes on the year as a sophomore, but really was injured the entire year. And then the last couple of weeks of the season, it just, it wore, he just, I don't know, I had to shut him down because he just got to the point he couldn't go anymore. And so when he had his surgery in March, um, it's about a six month deal, you know, but he's back and he's, uh, He's doing well. He's just not quite. He's not as you imagine. He's not in game shape yet, you know. But he's getting there. He's working hard at it. And I still um, try to set him out as much as I can, uh, just to kind of make sure we don't re-injure it right now, and then get him ready for the season. But I look for him forward to him having a really big year. So last summer, with the change in the recruiting dates and all that, what, what's your take uh-huh. on that? I didn't really like all of it. Um, the part that I liked was the team camps. I enjoyed going to D.C., Memphis, uh, you know, wherever, and watching the kids play with their high school teams all in one setting for a couple weekends. I, I thought there was some value to that. Um, I did uh, – I thought the AAU thing was wrong. I, I don't think five days is enough, and I think what happens is – people that really get screwed in this deal are the, are the smaller schools because we don't have the budget or the time to, you know, the money to fly around and, you know, go to all these places on private planes. We need those events in the summertime to, to mass evaluate. And we only had five days and it's not fair to the kids, not fair to us. And um, so I didn't like that part. I did not attend an academy. Because and okay. I, I voiced this to the to the NABC, uh, not that I was against the academies, but we offered probably I don't know twenty five thirty kids going this summer, and one kid was going to an academy. Well, I mean, why would I go? Uh, I'm not right. trying to evaluate kids at the end of July. I'm trying to get them. You know, right. it's not it's not where I'm going to. I'm, I don't want to be at the end of July going blind into an event it's just the wrong thinking and and my 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 mind it should be that if they're going to have the academies fine then have them in june when they're having the nba camp and the usa trials so that we can go out because we're not going to the usa trials we are not going to the nba camp because the guys we're recruiting aren't going to those camps so basically it's a high major event and in my opinion, they should if they're going to let those guys go out during that time, we should have something to be able to go to. So why not just put the academies during that time and make those more for the mids and the lows? And um, and and I they have to get more Division One players at these events. I mean, there wasn't um, enough from from what I was told, and I did send my assistant to one just to kind of get the idea where it was, and he said just there's not enough players at it. So. Right. Uh, conceptually, there's probably nothing wrong with it, but they got a lot of work to do on it, and um, I didn't like it. Uh, I, I I would prefer to have another week of AAU in the summer, so I don't have to run around with my head cut off and don't and and not do a good job of looking at kids because I'm trying to get to too many places. Okay, and that's because you have figured out how to recruit at quote unquote you know, a, a mid-major school. So talk about you've got some transfers in. You've got people coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, tell us about your team. 
Well, you know, he's starting seniors. I mean, you know, Jerome Rodriguez is a senior. Uh, he's a junior college transfer from uh, Northwest Florida where I used to coach. And, um, you, you're, you're a was, junior college guy. You're a junior college guy, and I appreciate that <laughs> about you because my kid, my kid played junior college football. So when we talk before, when we talk privately, that's the one thing I respect about you. There, there are people that, like, they won't talk junior college with me because I guess they're high and mighty. Well, but you're a junior college guy, I mean, Steve, and I appreciate that. Well, I graduated. I mean, I'm not. I graduated third in my high school class, and I went to junior college because that's that was the best opportunity that I had to to play basketball and baseball and get recruited. So, um, I started in junior college in 1983 as a player myself, and I, of my 31 years of coaching, 11 of it have been at the junior college level. So I'm not going to turn my back on it because I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't <laughs> for my experience at junior college. And so right. most people, you know, and so, you know, Jerome, Jerome was one, I think, of one of the only or maybe one of two junior college players in Division One basketball last year that averaged a double-double. Um, he was seventh in the country in rebounding. He's a, he's a rebounding machine. He, he's the second. I, I helped recruit Paul Millsap when I was at La Tech, Louisiana Tech to Tech, and he's the best rebounder I've ever coached, been around, but um, – but, Jerome is right there. He's a tremendous rebounder, a relentless competitor, 6'8", about 235, 240. Um, he's had some injuries, too, but we're about to get him back on the court. Um, Trey Boyd from Memphis. Um, right. He uh, right. came from Northwest Florida as well. Trey was our leading scorer last year and came off the bench, uh, and he made 82 threes. So between him and Pat playing the two, they both made 173s together. And uh, Trey's, Trey's really improved a lot since last year's six four left handed kid. He's, you know, he's gonna he's a really good player. I got a grad transfer six eight kid Joe Healy from Central Connecticut. He's from D.C. He was uh, top fifty in the country last year in Division One in free throw percentage. He can shoot the three. He gives us a little bit different dimension um, uh, as far as can stretch the court at the four. We had, we didn't and have D- that last D- year. Yeah, the the D.C. area, because I talk to Clay Date all the time. Yeah. That's a special basketball. The D.C. Baltimore area, I don't know if people realize yeah. that, That's a really well, special basketball. Well, and, and we recruit that area hard. And I have a kid on the team, a freshman, Charlie Weber, you know, that played up there and played for Morgan Wooten's son, Joe. And he's 6'9 and 220, and he's, he's going to be really good. And, and we've had some, a couple D.C. kids in for visits this year. That, to me – and I, you know, as far as the league is concerned, uh, that league up there with the Matha and you know um, Georgetown Prep and Gonzaga and all them—that's the best high school league in the country. I mean, as far as yes. players and coaching and both. Well, I'm, I'm prejudiced towards Memphis, but but no, I agree from. from yeah, coaching I mean, I'm talking about you. I'm talking yeah. about the whole package, and I'm talking about depth at every school. Yes. Yes. You know, it's not two or three schools really good and and everybody else just okay. You know, it's a real deal up there. And the kids play hard. They play for something. And so, yeah, you know, Charlie and Joe, Joe comes out of that. And I got a point guard, senior point guard, Isaiah Tisdale, who had 90 assists and, you know, 30 turnovers as a junior. He had tremendous assist turnover ratio. He's from Lexington, Kentucky, but he was a first-team All-American junior college player of Vincennes. And um, Davian Williamson is a, is a – Sophomore point guard who made the all freshman team. He was picked on the preseason all league team and 
um, just a really, really good player. And then, you know, probably my best player is Bo Hodges. And, you know, Bo's now a junior. He's from Nashville. He's Mr. Basketball and picked on the all-league team. He can play the one through the four. He's a tremendous athlete, can really defend. And uh, like Pat, you know, was a little banged up last year. So, you know, um, he's starting to work through that. And then, you know, my starting center is Lucas Kassan. He's seven foot one from chance from Oklahoma State. Played a lot last year as a, as a junior. Average shot over seventy percent from the field, and so he gives us a lot of, you know, a really good size in the post, and he can really score the ball. And a lot of bigs can't, and he can. So uh, we got a lot of ways to play. We got a lot of depth. I got some other guys too that are good players, and so um, it's, I'm looking forward to uh, you know a very good year. Yeah, some 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 basketball expert told you about Patrick Good. We'll let that go, but that's okay. No. And you and I have been, been back and forth with that's And you know what? I mean, nobody's perfect in evaluating talent, but that's okay. But you've done a great job, as I've known you over the years. But this thing of pay for play, where mm-hmm. when your your kids are on scholarship, everything's normal. Yeah. But if somebody wanted to put them on a billboard or Mm-hmm. You know, pay for autographs or all that. This thing's about to change for us, and you know this. What, what do you vision mm-hmm. that happening? Well, I mean, it's going to happen. You know, it's just a matter of time. Um, and, you know, I'm always for the players, you know, getting what they can, you know, what's best for them. Um, I, I do think you'd have to hope it somehow, I don't know how, because I'm not smart enough to figure that out, what kind of parameters, <laughs> you know, do you, you would put on. Me. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, Go ahead. I don't know how you – no, I'm just saying I don't know how – is it going right. to – if it's not going to be equal, then, you know, I don't know how you're going to really police that, I guess. Maybe you can't. Maybe it's just something that's like, okay, you know, whatever you can get, you can get. And if that's the case, then – you know, I think obviously, you know, that there's going to, you know, some schools are going to obviously be able to do more than others. Um, I think the interesting scenario is, is this, like, for instance, now, you know, in recruiting, you're going to go into a kid's home, maybe, um, maybe not so much at our, this level, but the high major level and you better have a, a package put together to lay out in front of them what he can make, you know? And I think that makes it interesting because, okay, let's just say it's a high school a senior from Memphis and you offer him, you know, this package of $20,000, whatever, just make up a number. And then he comes in there as a freshman and he don't play well. And now you're looking at him like, Hey man, I'm paying you to play. You know, it's, Somebody, it's almost, or, or how, what kind of chemistry do you have on your team when, right. you know, Johnny over there is getting his and nobody else is getting theirs, you know, in the NBA, uh, everybody gets paid, you know, um, and, and it's a job where now we're talking about two, three guys, one guy getting paid, nobody else. I don't know. I can see those issues, um, but I, I don't yeah. think, I do think it's going to happen. And I just hope that, you know, it's the smart people in this business, if there is any, um, can figure it out that you know this is the this is the best way to do it. Yeah, I talked to a coach the other day, and he was like Keith, and he and he's a supposedly whatever you want to call it SEC high level guy, whatever. He said mm-hmm. we have four or five guys that will be 
however they're going to do it. I don't know, billboards, uh, commercials, mm-hmm. jerseys, uh, jerseys, yeah. yeah, whatever, yeah. He said, well, what's going to happen is, you know, if four or five guys are getting that and people know that they're getting something, the other six, seven guys are going to be, as you said, not happy maybe or not re- the realization comes, you know, because everybody, all these guys think they're going to play in the NBA. So let's stop that. But, um, and I thought that was interesting. And then when you go into the locker room, you know, and you got Billy, like you said, making 20 grand off a billboard and Johnny getting well, this, think, and this, think, and this. Okay, let's think about let's think about football. You know, in the NFL, the quarterback makes a lot that. of money. But the quarterback makes a lot of money, but he takes good care of his linemen who also make a lot of money, right? Well, right. now we're talking about the quarterback at Oklahoma making <laughs> You know, buttload of money and the and the line don't make anything. Now what? I mean, I, I just think there's going to be some interesting chemistry issues. You know, what you don't, you know, in the NFL and the NBA, they're, they're paid professionals. You know, they're they're it's a job. You know, they they job. they get salary. They get you know, not now it's not going to be like that in college. It's going to be some guys getting more than others, and some guys getting nothing and. So I don't know. I, I just I think it could be. I think I think those issues will be interesting to deal with. You know, and you know, and, and then like I said, well, how do you feel as a coach now? We put together this package for you, and uh, you're not playing well. Do I bring that up? Hey, man. Um, you know, come here. You you need to play better. Well, why? Well, because we're paying you. You know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, it's, it's like gonna be, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to deal with it here. Yeah, when I go to play until like eleven o'clock, I need my shift to have to perform. Everyone else, the world is competitive. So, and I ask you this: Penny just had, and you, and I don't say this publicly, because some people have not been, but you've always been really positive about him, and you know yeah. Memphis. You've been you've been great about Memphis, man. I, and I, I respect mm-hmm. that about you because I love me some Memphis basketball. But he had a pro day. Mm-hmm. It brought in, I don't know what the numbers were, seven, 70 to 80 NBA people. Of course, he's got good players. So, so yeah. I mean, what a hell of a deal he did. He's kind of getting into the Cal and the, the Duke deal mm-hmm. and all that. I mean, so what's your take on that? Well, I, I, I think you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, if you have the players, they're going to come, man. You know, and obviously they do. And so when you can, you know, put that many NBA prospects under one roof and invite coaches to come or scouts to come and watch, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And it's obviously, you know, let's call it what it is. I mean, it's a great recruiting tool too. You know, now uh, the next crew of kids are, you know, and their seniors right now are, are watching that and going, I mean, that's the place I want to go because I want that kind of exposure too. And you know, as you know, Cal's <laughs> done it, and um, <laughs> some other schools, other schools do it. But you know, on that level, you know, I just I don't know. You know, it just depends on the players that you have. But it's smart. It's smart. It's smart to do. You know, it's uh, and I think you know Penny and well, obviously I don't recruit against those guys, but Penny and Mike, those guys, I think they're obviously using their NBA experience, rightfully so to, um, you know, attract kids to come to Memphis. And, 
you know, and, and then in the end, um, what happens with that is if they if those kids come in and they have the success and they go get drafted, they're going to get, keep getting more. I mean, that's what's happened with Kentucky and Duke and Kansas is, you know, those kids, um, they go in there, they have success, they get drafted, and the next group wants to come. And so, you know, you can't really blame Memphis for doing that. No, they've done good. You actually, when he first tried, when, when Tubby got hired, because on the inside I knew he wasn't ready. But the second time around, he presented a plan, and he did, where he was ready. Mm-hmm. And I think you see it, you know, coming to fruition. Now, they got a, they got a coach come get guys, and they got a, yeah. There's so much expectation. In Memphis, people are so stupid, and I'm one of them. Final four, this yeah. and that, whatever. But it's okay. At least, at least if, in my, you know, 72, 73, Final Four, 85, Final Four. I hate Mario Chalmers in 2008. And so I would like to see, this is a Memphis fan. This is me talking, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I know this. And I'm going to say this to you. If you ever was in a position, and not when we've had other private conversations, to recruit Memphis, man, you would have been a, a shit, a hero. And I get that. Um, and so I appreciate you, you know, again, being here, talking to me. I'm so proud of you at East Tennessee State University. But talk to me about your early schedule because you've got some games you got to go on the road to make the oh, yeah. money. I mean, to pay every year, yeah, every year that happens, you know, we're not, I mean, people aren't lining up here to come to, to ETSU. I mean, we, we, we <laughs> went over it. I've you been know, there. I've been in City. I've been there. Well, you know, we've won over we've won 100 games in four years. We won the most games in the state of Tennessee in the four years we've been here, more than Tennessee, more than Memphis. And so right, um, right. people aren't lining up to come play here, you know. And, and, and to this point, we don't buy people. So, yeah, we've got to go to Kansas and LSU, which are good games for our players. I mean, we so what do you get? I'm asking this, but I, I don't know the deal. Mm-hmm. You go to Kansas. What do they pay ETSU? If it's just not me, for me to wrong to ask. No, I mean I think it's probably public knowledge. I mean, I'm sure anybody can do a FOI on our on our contract. Yeah, I, I ain't would doing, imagine. I'm I not mean, doing all that. No, we we get ninety. We get we get ninety or ninety five. I can't remember. It's one of those. No, it's ninety or ninety five. Same with LSU and and no so kidding. you know, yep yeah, and. Um, so we get so two or three games and, will, will, will two or three games will damn near bankrupt your program. Well, no, but we help. But basically, what it does is it helps bankroll other programs in the in the in the athletic department. You know, we're bringing that money okay. in, and that money is going right. back okay. in the general okay. fund. Um, the hard part for me is not getting those games as much as getting mid majors to play mid major. That's where I've been frustrated. And, that's why we got to go to North Dakota State. I don't want to go to North Dakota State, but they were willing to come here, you know. And I have to get home games, and so um, you know we got App State back on the schedule this year, which is good. Went through. We're at Little Rock, um, you know, UT Martin, trying to play as many you know regional games as you can. And uh, but scheduling is, is is a nightmare, and to me, it's more it's harder than here. It's harder than recruiting. And um, you know, we and we wow. got to continue to try to put a good schedule together. So we, I don't know if we'll ever be a two bid league. We got 
awfully close last year. Greensboro was the last team out, you know, Real. Um, and, and so we've got to continue to try to schedule as smart as we can, not just me, but our entire league. So, you know, possibly we could, we could get two teams in because that means a lot more money for our league. And that's important at this level to continue to build that equity. So do you call, I mean, you call Bill Self, you call whoever, whatever. Uh, mm, it just depends. You know, Brooke, you know, Brooks Savage. I'm like, Brooks does. That's my guy. I love Brooks point. Savage. Shout yeah, out to Brooks, Brooks does Savage. about, he does about 99.9% of it. I do get involved in some calls. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky. Uh, like the Kansas deal is really the part of the Maui. So we're playing at Kansas uh, as part of the Maui Invitational. And then we come back and get a host two games on the what they call the Maui mainland. And we have four teams coming here. So it, it can, scheduling can, it's tricky. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of phone calls, emails that Coach Savage is doing, you know, daily on top of all of his other jobs. And and there's a couple of websites, um, NABC, I think, has, or Basketball Travelers, I can't remember. There's a couple of websites that teams go on there and post, you know, games. But, you know, in the end, it's hard. It's it's just hard to get teams to agree to do things. And and uh, we've, we've faced that every year I've been here. Yeah, Brooks is a guy that's been very loyal to you, and, and I appreciate that about him. And so you've been to overseas. You take your team to Hawaii, and you got the you're the preseason SoCon favorite. So so how do you how do you deal with that daily? I mean, you know, I mean you know me. I've taken teams to tournaments, and you're the best mm-hmm. team there, and you don't win. Mm-hmm. You know, fulfill yeah. that prophecy because well, of something. I mean, because it don't mean anything. You know, and that's that's how I've handled it, and I and we do have an older group, and they, I think they've done a good job of understanding that that's just that stuff's really nice for the fans. It's really nice for the uh, media to talk about, and I get it. Um, I, I embrace it, but it don't mean a thing, and you gotta go play the games. And so, um, I know my guys aren't gonna look much at that, and uh, you know I think it's good for recruiting in the fall. You know, you'd much rather have people talking about you than not. Um, and so those things are all po- those things are all positives, um, but they don't mean at the end of the, when no you know November comes around, it don't mean anything. You know, it's just like it doesn't mean well, how many stars you got by your name when the ball goes up in the air. You know, and then you know we've made a living of you know recruiting and coaching Burger King all Americans want to kick McDonald's ass because. We don't get a lot of those guys, but it don't matter. You, you know, when the ball goes up in the air, you are who you are. And uh, that's the same thing with these rankings. It's like, they're nice, but they don't mean anything. You know, I saw you the last time in Atlanta, and you were Frank from South Carolina. So, and we had, you know, 30 coaches there, whatever. But so, how do you determine I can get this guy? I can't this guy. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a great question. First, I try to put on, you know, I coached at Wichita State, Tennessee, Texas A&M. Not that I wouldn't battle them for a player, but I got to be realistic. So a lot of times I put on those glasses first when I'm watching a kid. And if I believe that on the first brush, first look, that I would probably be recruiting that kid at a pretty high, you know, as one of my top guys at Tennessee or A&M or Wichita State, I'd probably move on. 
Um, what I'm probably doing more <clears throat> than anything is probably recruiting the third, fourth guy on their list, you know, and hoping they don't get to that. Um, not that we, you know, couldn't get a kid or two sometimes that they would want, but it's difficult. I'm just really, it's difficult. It's hard because a lot of times, especially high school kids, go for the name on a jersey. Um, yeah, Juco kids, I can, uh, Juco kids is a little bit different deal. Now, I've, I've, Jerome Rodriguez was a high, high level recruit. I mean, he had a lot of people recruiting him and bigger, way bigger than us, and we got him. But that's relationship. Well, they, they get you know. on a van and they're handed a brown paper bag of lunch, okay? Yeah, I know. I know. That's what I was yeah. used to. I mean, you know, pregame meal at McDonald's and postgame meal at McDonald's, you know. And so, uh, um, but but you got you to gotta be smart about it, you know, especially in those high school events, you know, those AU events. You got to – and then it's all about information. You know, it's, it's finding out. You know, I'll give you an example. I went, to these, I went to Kansas City in the spring to the Under Armour event. And I was sitting there watching DC Premier play, and uh, Charlie Weber was playing, and I thought he was just—it was a, you know, it was for uprising seniors event mostly, and so I liked him, and I thought, well, maybe he's a kid we could go maybe recruit this year. And so I went to one of the guys with that Under Armour deal that I know from DC and asked him, and he said, well, Charlie's a senior; he's available now, and that's how I got him. And I think you got to ask questions, you know, and, and you got to ask the high major guys, who do you really want? They may or may not tell you, but it don't hurt to ask. And and you got to have a feel for all that because you, cause there's a lot of wasted time if you don't. And there's a lot of coaches out there, young younger recruiters, in my opinion, that think it's cool to just have their name on the list or so-and-so says they're recruiting them when you really have zero chance of getting the kid. I'm just not – I'd rather not do that. I'd rather not waste my time with that. I'd rather just recruit the guys, um, you know, focusing on the best players that we can get. Yeah, I'm dealing with three guys right now. You know, and, and what, what's happened over my lifetime, you know, there's people that tell I coached, that I didn't coach, that played high school ball, college ball, and they're calling me. And that's what I say to them. Recruit. And I won't name the schools. They're mid-majors, if you want, whatever that that terminology is. Recruit mm-hmm. who you can recruit. And I would say this to you, and I respect this about you. I think you've done a at every level, at every stop, you've done a really good job. Well, I appreciate, and I, but I also think you you can't settle either. You know, there's a fine line on this deal. I mean, you get, right. yeah, you start if no, you start recruiting, who you can you just you know you start. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You start signing guys just because you can get them. That might not be good enough. You know, you gotta have some guys on your team that are better than than, than the level that you're at. And we have that. We've had that right. every year I've been here because, honest truth is, I I learned at a very young age in coaching and recruiting that really good players make really good coaches. It's not the other way around. Um, yeah, you gotta. You know, I can coach. I mean, I, I know how to coach, but it, it, I have good players, and that's what it's about. Um, I don't. Every time you line up against Kansas and Michigan State and uh, Duke, uh, Kentucky, guess what? They got good players, <laughs> really good players. And they got a good coach too. But golly, it's about the players, and and that's that's what I've always concentrated on. I was trying to get really, really good players. My friend, and we're gonna cut this off that night. That. Y'all came into Memphis and beat the Tigers. It was Tigers. 
I think you bring that up. Too. We, <laughs> me, me and my son were, 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 were because of, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you this. I got to the table to pick my tickets up, and World Wide West had all of them in his hands. <laughs> and I, no, for real, this is just two story stories. I don't think I've ever told this. And I say, uh, you know, where are my tickets? She said, you know, so I called, you know, one of the assistant coaches, and they brought me up two tickets, and my kids went in, and and whoever won or lost at this point is irrelevant. But that was a great night, and um, you guys had a great job, and things don't break different. Y'all had number one, I think, recruiting class in America next Marriott, uh, next year, and things of that nature. But um. Well, you started yeah, coming to practice at Treadwell. You, know, you, you came to my tre- you came to my eighth well, eighth grade Treadwell yeah. practice. I mean, I mean, I did. Yeah, you came in. Yeah, you did, and it was cool, man. We took pictures. Well, I, and I ended up, you know, I ended up coaching Chris Jones after that. You know, he was there that yeah. day in Adonis. Chris, Chris was the bomb, man. Yeah, you know, and so I mean, I it it's it, and, and honestly, at that age when I was there. I was trying to recruit kids at a lot younger age than I would here just because we had to, I felt like we had to get on them a lot earlier to try to hold off the Duke Carolinas of the world, you know, and, and Kentucky and those people. I, you know, I had to try to get in there and have a relationship and it worked sometimes and sometimes it didn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, that, that Rob, that, that, that situation, you know, with Memphis and Tennessee, I, it was, it was a good, you know, it was a good rivalry, you know, and I think it still is. It looks like it's heated up a little bit more now, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. So I got four tickets. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, man, thank you so much, and I look forward to you guys. You know, I'm in Chattanooga, UTC. I'm not sure what they're going to have, and obviously Wofford's going to be good, and you mentioned some other schools, and it's it's good. Competition is good. And it sounds like you guys are ready to push, punch people in the nose and go back in, into business and be competitive. Um, but hopefully get closer to the tournament. You get a bid, you guys are in, and I can get you in. I can always tell you this publicly, man, you've been a great friend to me, and I appreciate you. All right, buddy. I, always, I appreciate the same and uh, love being on. And anytime you want me on, give me a holler, and uh, I'm about to head to practice. I knew that. I knew that. I'm like, this dude's got to get out of here. Got to get out of practice. Hey, hug Patrick Good and tell him he said hello. I'll do it. All right, buddy. That's Please. my guy, man. I love, I love that, that kid right there, man. I'm telling you. And I've told stories about him before. That kid has some special special makeup about him that I don't even have. He's very special, man. I appreciate it, Steve. I'd love to see you. All right, buddy. Thank you.